0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk.
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: Now, uh, Fair City actor Brian Murray has opened up about being diagnosed with Alzheimer's, a condition that an estimated 64,000 people are uh, living with in Ireland. Uh, The actor who plays Bob Charles in the RTE soap opened up about the diagnosis in uh, the latest issue of the RTE Guide. Uh, The 73-year-old said he'd been living with the condition for three years but decided to go public now in the hopes of helping others who uh, have the illness. And he described in the... It was a fascinating interview. He described in the interview how as a younger actor he'd get a script, it'd be four pages and within 15 minutes he'd know all the lines. And now... He can't do that. And he says, when it first started, my character would be looking at a laptop, reading a newspaper, or I might have had a clipboard, but it would be the script in front of me. And he praised uh, the staff uh, on uh, Fair City for the way in which they have helped him to continue to work with uh, his diagnosis. I'm joined on the line by uh, a lady called Marguerite uh, Keating. And Marguerite is one of those 64,000 people that we mentioned that uh, live uh, with Alzheimer's. Uh, Marguerite, thank you very much indeed, firstly, for uh, joining us on the the programme. No worries. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about uh about yourself and, and when you first started to notice that something wasn't right or didn't feel right.
1: Well I didn't notice and um I don't know, is it was denial or I'm an artist, so um my boss used to say to me all them artists were a bit flaky. So she used to just think it, that I was, it was just a bit of bit my personality that I would, you know, be a little bit maybe flippant or mm. uh, vague about things. But what was happening was people around me, my colleagues, my daughters, anyone that had too much to do with me, if you like, um, a little bit to do with me, they, they noticed. We have a running joke, myself and my daughter, Rebecca, she used to say to me, um, you told me that already, you told me, you know, you've told me that so many times, and I said to her, no, you're not supposed to say that to people with um dementia or Alzheimer's. She says, well, what am I supposed to say? You're supposed to say, that's lovely. So about half an hour later, I don't know what I said, but she said to me, that's lovely.
0: Right, okay. <laughs> so they they were noticing stuff that you weren't noticing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And what happened was at work, um, I was starting to uh, get appointments mixed up, and maybe people's names—I should never have got mixed up. You know, that would have been with me for going on twenty years, and things like that. And and I'd fall asleep a good bit. You know, if I was at a meeting or anything, it would just be very—I'd just get exhausted. This would come on me and I'd be gone. And, you know, it was a run and joke, but um, I, I used to feel like I'm here one minute and the next thing I, I had nothing left, you know. And um, I didn't even, I didn't think it was anything wrong that maybe, you know, it was, it was just I'm getting a bit older, mm. and, you know. So I was 55 and eventually they told me, asked me at work and some things were... Kind of confusing me, and they said, um, "Would you go to your GP and just have a chat?" So uh, I went to my GP, and my GP referred me to the memory clinic, um which is in St Patrick's here in Cashel at the time, and they ran some tests. One of them being a lumbar puncture. I saw um a consultant, and then and a couple of times. Um, Dr Dunham and then nine months later I was brought back to the memory clinic for diagnosis. I was told to stop driving and um, give up work and get my affairs in order.
0: Get your but affairs my, my, in order in, 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 yeah, just at like 55,
1: that. At 55. But my doctor, Dr Gillian Lawler, she's been extremely supportive of, of me and she knew me as a competent care support worker to adults with learning disabilities. And then to go to an extremely confused person, she was probably more shocked than,
0: than myself. Okay, so f- f- her, f- 55 me. years of age, yeah. um, uh, uh, you describe how... This was on Valentine's Day in 2019. Instead of flowers or cards for Valentine's Day, you were diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's. Um, That's right. (laughs) And uh, You genuinely not only couldn't believe it, but it had such a shocking and devastating effect on you that you even Mm. contemplated ending your life.
1: I did because if anyone knew me, I'm more hyper now than anything, you know, I'd be a very bubbly person and I don't really get down. I get tired but I don't really get down. I'm just hyper. But this was like how am I going to at fifty five expect my then fifteen year old and my two thirty odd year olds, one with six children and one expecting a baby stop their lives and care for me or watch me. No, it was a devastating, daunting thought. And like any diagnosis for anyone, it's a rude awakening and it's very, very frightening. But the redhead in me somewhere kicked back and said, no, fix this now. Mm. I'm not going to let this get me. And I thought, you can't do this. And one of my daughters was expecting at the time and I thought... You just can't do this, do you know. I have to fight here, you know, and and do as best as I can. You know, I was really scared, but um. Okay, I so that
0: that initial scare that uh, had you feeling so down that you contemplated uh, taking your own life, you decided Ooh. somehow. I'm going to fight this, I'm going to fight back and I'm yep. I'm not going to roll over and let this beat me. So tell me the ways in which you have literally turned this around and, and what you're involved in now.
1: Well, the first thing I did was I picked up the phone um, to, uh, the at the time, the uh, dementia advisor, which was Amy Murphy and she was in my house the following day and um, I rang the the or as I call it, the hotline <laughs> the helpline for the ASI, the Alzheimer's um Society of Ireland. And that number is I Googled it and I rang them and I had some brochures that the doctor had given me. I got numbers and I rang a load of I couldn't even tell you who are I rang a few numbers. But a lady on the helpline rang me several times that day you know, to make sure, because I was very honest. I said, like, you know, um, my future doesn't look good, and I've been told, get my affairs in order, you know? And all I knew of Alzheimer's is people go down, Mm. you know? They just go down very quickly. But it's not, that's not always the way. And especially now, things have come on so much. I, um... When I rang all those people and I went firstly to the technical library in Carmel, where St. Michael's used to be, and there's Anne Quinn there and Emma O'Brien and Mary. And those three ladies, They between them, they work programs for people that have just had a diagnosis. So you can get a clock with the numbers on it instead of, you know, the around with the numbers floating around (laughs) and because that's what they do in my head and they will guide you through a six weeks course on how to use strategies to you know keep yourself well and get better and, and, and let me motivated. ask you, and I'm,
0: I'm conscious that people that might be listening to us right now who are in that headspace that you were a couple of years ago, finding the diagnosis mm. absolutely uh, devastating for somebody yeah. listening to us right now, who is that person? What would you advise them? What way? What would you tell them to do?
1: Well, there's so, so many supports now. And we say, you know, in, in the ASI, and I'm, I belong to the uh, dementia working group of the asi alzheimer's society of ireland and there's a lot of staff there and they're very very supportive One is we ring them and they will make sure that in your area you are uh, uh, contactable to all the people around you so there are different things like memory casts there are um dementia um champions there is um Different types of dementia. Then, as you well as you well know well like Lewy body and um, front lobe, and all the kind of and Alzheimer's, and they all have their own um, little peer groups. It's really important to get in contact with your peers, with people that are in the same boat mm. as you. And, and I suppose, like anything, like Alcoholics Anonymous or Recovery or whatever, if you're with your gang, you're with your tribe. You you're gonna do better, and I went from thinking this is it to now I'm representing Ireland, in, you know, on co- a conference. I went to uh, London and represented Ireland with with colleagues of mine in the working in the dementia working group, and we've been lobbying um, uh, government for the blue badge. Because you can't have a, the blue badge for parking with Alzheimer's, it's for physical. Mm-hmm. But there again, we lose our cars and things like that it would make it life so much easier. So we're fighting for little things like that. And we've been working with um, big companies like uh, Irish Rail, they've been amazing. They change different things. in in their station they have taught their staff got them on courses because people need to know that this isn't going away mm. and people have to be dementia friendly And we want to see that every shop in ireland and every company in ireland are dementia friendly just well, give me a minute at a till or give me give me a second yes, a uh, rather than pressuring
0: you yeah okay and uh, Margaret, uh, Marguerite I have to say unfortunately I'm, I'm, I'm out of time and I could talk to you all afternoon I have to say because for somebody that was diagnosed uh, three and a half years ago uh, you sound to be in a fantastic place in, in your life despite your uh, diagnosis and I would hope that other people listening to you this afternoon will find your story quite inspiring and uh, will reach out for uh, help Marguerite Keating thank you very much indeed for joining us on uh, lunchtime live, and I'm really sorry we had we'd run out of time. And that's just about it from us for today. Thank you very much indeed, all of you, for getting in touch on the show today. If you missed anything, you can catch up on Newstalk.com or on the Newstalk app, powered by Go Loud. The team today, Michael Quilligan on sound, producers Dee Keane and Heather Blackburn, with research by Ross Leahy and Roisin Davis. Editor was Mark Simpson. Moncrief is next, and Andrea will be back tomorrow from uh, 12 for Lunchtime Live. I'm Adrian Kennedy. Have a great Tuesday afternoon. I'll talk to you soon.